Welcome to B-Sides, a new podcast from the Adcom Group and the creators of the A-Game that will feature guests from the marketing world. I'm your host this week, Joel Hammond. We started the A-Game last year to give our agency and our leaders viewpoints on relevant marketing topics. B-Sides will address those topics and trends with others from the industry, like this week's all-star guests. Crave Klee started as a way for three friends to document their lunches. Now it's a powerful group in the Cleveland food scene. We're joined by the trio in alphabetical order so as to not play favorites. Miranda Bilo, Nikki Hannaway, and Bailey Perpura. Guys, how are you today? Good. Great. We're good. good. Well, thanks for um, joining us. We're going to kind of track your progress and how you started and where you are today. So let's start at the beginning. And I think Miranda um, can speak to this maybe best from the group. But how did this come about? I, I mentioned just briefly, you guys used to go out to lunch. But what went into this? And give us your origins and how this whole thing got started. Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, on behalf of Crave Clee, we just wanted to say thank you so much for having us today. You know, we're super excited to be here. And um, we're just really excited to be a part of this. Absolutely. So thank you. Um, so the Crave Clee story is we all work together and we all share a love for food and taking pictures. Um, but most importantly, we all share a love for Cleveland. And so um, we were all really excited to just like go out to lunch, like you said, and take photos of our food. Um, but then we, we started kind of brainstorming about um, what it would look like if we created an Instagram account just to kind of like document um, our food journey and just something that we could all do together. And so um, we kind of just started brainstorming and talking about potential names. And uh, I remember the day that we were all just blowing up our group message and just like throwing out random names out out there. And then we landed on Crave Clee and it just kind of stuck. So um, we just figured an Instagram would be a really fun way to show people, you know, where we're at. We're always trying new places. What food are we eating? We just figured that would be the best way to share our experience um, with our followers. Love it. I'm a huge fan of alliteration, so um, count me in. on. Can you, can you detail what some of the names were that ended up on the cutting room floor? Was it like Bailey's Bailey's? Bailey's Bits? Or? Yeah, that was it. That's Bailey's the blog. one I really was shooting Miranda's for. But yeah. We were really leaning towards the word crave and like craveable, craving. So that kind of went to bounce around and our love for Cleveland. So when we found Crave Cleave, we thought it was something easy that you could roll off the tongue and something that people would remember. Yeah, it's a great, it's, it's certainly, I think that, you know, maybe this is a question for you guys, but I think the name helps, right? It's, it's short. It's um, like I said, alliterative. I think I think it's a big thing, but uh, really uh, is is something that sticks kind of in your mind, right? So that voice you just heard was Nikki Hannaway, part of the trio here. Nikki, let's go to you on this next one. So um, we talked about this earlier this week, but about twenty four hundred followers now on the on the Instagram account, which is huge growth. You started last year, right around this time, coming up on your one year anniversary. And I believe, do you guys have some goodies coming for the one year anniversary? Can I tease that? Yes, stay tuned. All right, we'll tease that. Oh, oh, I like that. Oh (laughs) my God, I love that. All right, so almost a year in, 2,400 followers. What, tell us what you three used or what tactics you used to to grow your audience. I think a benefit is because we come from an advertising background. I know um, like two of us have a focus in social media. And so with that in mind, we really try to be tactical about what we did with this account. So we really wanted to have vibrant photos and using hashtags that were relevant. So we were looking up hashtags like hashtag Klee, hashtag Klee food. This is Klee. Um, we didn't want to go overboard with the hashtags, keep it usually around five to seven. And then with that, we usually put it in the actual posts versus a comment below, just trying to get more interaction. Um, I know other foodies do different strategic methods to get um, their name 
out there and a lot of it tends to be where they'll tag other foodies. Mm-hmm. And so if you're looking up on our account Crave Clee and under our recently tagged photos, you might come across other foodies who have really delicious photos. So that's one way that you can kind of figure out other foodies in the area and who else you maybe want to follow. But for us, we just wanted to kind of keep it focused on tagging the restaurants itself. And then um, there's some other publications like Dine Drink Cleveland um, that you can also tag and get reshared on. Sure. We'll, we'll talk more about this later, but something we, we discussed earlier this week again was this is a, 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 a populous, there's a lot of foodie influencers in Cleveland. So I definitely want to hear more about how you work together. Maybe you don't work together and that sort of thing a little bit later on. But uh, Bailey, let's shift to you. So so you're, you're a year in, you started in January. When do, when do restaurants start to contact you guys? Like when do you start to get these inquiries about, hey, Showing, I think, I think that that first, uh, those first pieces of uh, communication from from restaurants and those those folks, show you guys that you're you're gaining influence, right? You're you're getting yourselves out there. When did that first start for you guys? Yeah, so like Nikki mentioned, we our one year is coming up, and I think that about two months into us kind of establishing our brand and building our following, we started to get some inquiries from different restaurants and just different um, brands kind of asking us to come in and try their food or if it was like a grand opening. There's typically three types of outreaches that we do see, and that is a brand sending us a product, um, a grand opening of a new restaurant, or just a restaurant kind of inviting us in to try their food, whether they've been open for five years or two months. So in April, we started to see a few different opportunities coming through. All of those outreaches were like I think Odd Dog Coffee was one of them and they sent us some of their coffee beans and they just kind of wanted us to try them out test them and share what we think we had a grand opening at Rib Cage in Ohio City um, that was kind of a private event so it was really cool there were other foodies there and some media sure. people so that was just fun to be a part of that and get to talk to the owners and managers and see like what their vision is with their restaurant and their new business. And then the last one in April that we had was a cinnamon shop. It was like, it's called Cineholics. It's in Westlake. They invited us to come in and try their vegan, gluten-free, gourmet cinnamon rolls. So that was just awesome to go in and just us three talk to the managers, see what their visions were, and just kind of test out their food and take some really awesome photos. And how were those vegan? So good. Yeah. Didn't even taste they vegan. Sound, so there was one with like cookie dough on it, and I dream about they it. They sound amazing. <laughs> I started this question uh, just a minute ago, but all right, so you're a year in, you've had a ton of success. Um, I'm sure you're, you guys are pleased with, with where you, where you are. What about some lessons maybe you've learned along the way? Like what have you maybe from last April to now you've improved upon? Like what, or, or even, you know, what, what you've learned from how you communicate with these restaurants or people looking for you guys to influence? Like what, what, what are some things that you've learned along the way? Yeah, I think we've learned a lot along the way. We could all agree on that. But one of the main things that sticks out is when we first started, we would get these outreach opportunities and we were like, okay, we need to go to every single one. We need to try every single thing that's sent to us. We need to go to all these events, post about them, which is important when you're starting out 
an account because we do want to have our name out there and we do want to start building our brand. But once we did kind of build that brand and we knew like, okay, we really want to focus on local places in Cleveland and kind of in the area more than na some national brands, although we have done a few national brand things. But I think that a big thing we learned is just it's okay to say no and it's really important to be transparent. So if someone reaches out to us and we just don't feel like it fits our brand, like it's okay to not go to that event or try that product. And I think that if we do go to an event and we sample some food or if it's like a new menu thing and we aren't in love with it or we don't think it's like the most amazing thing ever, like just to make sure that we're transparent about that. So maybe instead of saying like, hey, this place is so awesome, like you need to try it, it's delicious, things like that, we can say like, thank you so much for having us, like this just opened up, definitely give it a try. So I think just being transparent was one of the big things that we learned. Yeah. Miranda, uh, sorry, Miranda, is there, is there, when you communicate with these restaurants, is there some sort of, like, is there a loose agreement that there won't be any sort of um, criticism? So I go to a restaurant, I don't like what you have, but I'm not going to, like, is there some sort of arrangement there where if I don't like it, um, I mean, there's probably not many restaurants you've been to there where you don't like it, but, um, you know, is there an agreement there or a loose understanding that we're not going to, um, you know, go out of our way to criticize or anything like that? No matter what, I think when a restaurant reaches out to, you know, any foodie, their hope is that the foodies come to their restaurant, they love the experience, they love the food, and ultimately their hope is that the foodies will then, you know, post on their page or post on their story and really share um, their experience with their followers. So that's a good question because we've never really had that happen. I can't really say there's one place in particular that we've been that I really don't like, but I think nothing is really established. But as Bailey said, um, one of the things that I think really stands out about Crave Clea is that we're really authentic. Um, I feel yeah. like we're always, we're always just being really conscious of what we believe in. And so, you know, it would be out of character for us to ever promote something that sure. we don't think is worth promoting. So, um, but as far as like, um, if anything is pre-established, not really. I think just the assumption is that a restaurant would reach out and hope that, you know, the, the foodies love it. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably, it's probably from a restaurant's perspective as well. An opportunity for them they have people who know what they're talking about they've been to a lot of restaurants and and it may be an opportunity where all right so if they don't like something or one part of the experience it may be a, a great focus group right you guys know what you're talking about you've seen a lot and an opportunity for them to learn and, and get better too i wanted to follow up on um you know bailey we talked about posting on on your feed and that sort of thing really for anybody maybe nikki can handle this one how do you guys handle um frequency I, i'm sure you get a lot of requests and um you don't as bailey said you don't do them all these days but you know i'm sure you have a lot of content like how do you handle um frequency and what's what's too much like how do you guys handle those conversations with with within your within your group definitely for us we tend to try and do around three times a week um one of the assets of having three of us is we normally or at least someone's going to go out for lunch someone's going to go out for dinner you're not going to be going two weeks with no content and so with our posting, we have an agreement where we'll have a separate group chat, we'll take a photo, we'll send it to that group chat, and then collectively we'll come up with some caption ideas. But nothing gets posted unless we all agree on it. The story is a little bit different. So for Instagram stories, you have free reign. You can go post however much you like. Mm -hmm. I am not a huge story fan. I don't think I'm very good at it, but I know Miranda and Bailey are fantastic at it. 
Like my specialty, I think, is more uh, towards. Bailey's, Bailey's, she's okay. <laughs> she's okay. <laughs> my specialty is definitely more towards like the photography angles of the shoot. Uh, when we have food, like I want to try and get different angles. Sure. Take a lot of shots. Um, that's one thing that we've always kind of found comical. But whenever we go out to lunch, if we're going with friends, someone that's not just the three of us, like we're usually no one touch your food. Like the food gets <laughs> phones down. Phones eat. First. That's um, the understanding. Right? Yes. Phones eat first. <laughs> so we, yeah, phones eat first. So we try and take as many quick photos as we can to really capture what we know. Um, that's the benefit of being around for almost a year. We know pretty much angles what works best for pasta. Like if it's an overhead shot, if it's going to be better for like a burger with an egg running down the side. You're going to get up close and personal. Yep. Nikki so. does a really good job of stopping Miranda and I from just diving into our food, <laughs> especially when we're really hungry. So, so I, I give her credit for. I like that. And I think too, good shots. one of the things we can all agree on is that Cravecly would not exist if it weren't for all three of us, because there are weeks that, you know, I'm really busy and Nikki's really busy and maybe Bailey just like kills it for, you know, the content that mm-hmm. week and then vice versa. So I think we all agree that if it weren't for three of us, Cravecly definitely wouldn't be what it is now. Yeah, so you guys are, I think, a, at least a little bit um, uncommon in the in the foodie scene. Where are there are three of you? Mm-hmm. Huge advantage from just a frequency and a and a getting out there. Is there is it also an advantage from a creativity standpoint, or you know, how does that process work? Where I think you guys mentioned that all three of us agree on the copy, and how does that maybe Bailey, if you want to speak to that, but how does that execute? Okay, so you go to a restaurant, you go to lunch, you get food. Um, how does the execution process work? Like, agree on copy, agree on angles. You, I'm sure you take 40 different photos of, of a burger and agree on one. Tell, walk us through that, please. Yeah. So sometimes it's down to Nikki takes the picture, Miranda edits it, and I do the copy. Like, and vice versa. We all put in a little bit of input for everything and it's definitely a system but when we're not together usually we'll just like Nikki said send the photos and agree on that when we are together it is a little different we all kind of take photos and we actually have a shared album with all of our photos in it in our phone so it's like if you're hungry don't look at it but (laughs) I think that the process is really just all agreeing on it and usually I mean we never really butt heads we definitely all have our different brand and like our different styles but we're definitely like there to if I like what Miranda did and I don't really think it's my style I think that's what makes us stand out because our photos there are kind of it's one brand but I do think that each one of our styles does like peek out a little bit so I think that's something that kind of makes us stand out yeah one thing I love about the account is, is the actual photography. You know, we, we discussed this um, uh, in our, our pre-show conversations, but walk us through the logistics, like what equipment are you using? What, how do you guys make these awesome, savory photos? Make How do you make them happen? Nikki? We use um, iPhones, and then I also have a DSLR camera. Okay. So iPhones are usually really easy for us to be able, when we're out for lunch or dinner, and you don't really want to carry on a big camera. Um, we're trying to incorporate more of our DSLR camera shots just because they tend to be more crisp, but um, ultimately most of our content is through iPhone. Mm-hmm. Easy, right? Yeah. Easier that way. So we we briefly touched on this earlier when Nikki talked about some some growth tactics, but when you guys go, you know, I see pictures from these events you go to. There's a, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people, a lot of influencers in this space here locally. Um, what is what's the mood like at these events? Like I like. Part of me hopes that like you guys are like fighting over like the next restaurant to invite you, but I don't get the sense that that's the case. Like, what uh, if you want to, you can speak to what is your relationship like with all these other um, foodie influencers in town? 
So it was probably a little actually intimidating until you got to that first event because you would follow these people and you're almost starstruck by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we started getting invited to events with them, that's kind of you. I think a lot of times you see this in social media, like you interact with someone, you like their comments, you or you comment on their stuff all the time, but you don't actually meet that person face to face. So meeting them face to face, you can be a little nervous, like, oh, what are they going to really be like? Everyone we've met so far has been so friendly and welcoming. Um, it's been great to meet the other foodies, be able to meet um, local owners of restaurants. Um, everyone's been very supportive and collaborative. I think what makes us unique is that everyone has a different kind of tone. Some people are more focused on a blog. They have been around longer. The blog is really where they're known for, and then maybe their photos aren't as crisp on Instagram. Other people, like kind of like what we are doing, like we started off on Instagram. We really wanted crisp, like vibrant photos that really stood out, made you crave food. So from there, like there's different tactics of what you want. So I think from a restaurant standpoint, if you're looking to bring people to come try your food, um, you can get a lot of nice content. You can maybe get a blog post. You could get people taking really fantastic photos of your food. Um, overall, just a nice collaborative environment. Sure. You know, we've, we're about 18 minutes into this podcast, and we haven't dropped your guys' um, brand word yet, like uh, the whole craveable thing, which I which I love. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there to our listeners that these these young ladies, um, they have one of their one of their only slash biggest um, criteria for their content is it has to be craveable, right, guys? Yeah, definitely. That's that. right. Goes back to the brand. Miranda, um, all right, so we're a year in, 2,400 followers, lots of cool stuff, lots of great food. What is next for the Crave Clee crew? That's a very intimidating and, and very broad question. I like so much alliteration. John. I love alliteration. I do too. Um, so 2019 is a really exciting year for Crave Clee. We have some really good things in the works that we're really pumped about. Um, but first of all, as Bailey and Nikki mentioned earlier, Crave Clee's one-year anniversary is approaching. Um, happy birthday, Crave Clee. Let's go. January 20th. January 20th. It's coming awesome. up fast. It's coming up at the end of the month. Um, so we have some super cool things planned for our anniversary that we're really excited about, and um, you'll just have to stay tuned and follow along. To oh, see, okay, okay. To see what we've got planned. You don't want to break that news on B-Sides, Miranda? No. Okay, I think fine. We'll, we'll leave it to our Instagram. All right, fine. Mm-hmm. you got to follow us at Crave Clee. Um, and secondly, so there's been some discussion about a blog, and we're really excited about that, just kind of um, like seeing what our followers are looking for us to post on another outlet. So that's definitely something that we're excited about, mm-hmm. um, and there will be more to come on that. But overall, I think we can all agree that we're really excited to just continue to grow our relationships in Cleveland, both with local restaurant and bar owners, but also, as Nikki mentioned, like the Cleveland foodie community is super tight-knit and very supportive. So we're excited to continue to go to events and, you know, hang out with all of our fellow foodie friends. Um, and then lastly, we'd like to continue to do uh, a lot of giveaways. So that's definitely something we've seen that have been a hit on Crave Clee. So we just want to um, offer as many cool and awesome giveaway opportunities as possible to our followers. Great. That sounds like a busy year. Is the blog – so you guys are mo- – Instagram is by far your most – popular platform right you're on facebook you're on twitter is the blog i mean is that part part of the reason to expand into a blog format is that to um 
expand those other social channels. Is that part of it? I mean, it seems like that that medium fits better on Twitter and Facebook. And I'd say um, for Instagram, something that we really try and strive to do with creatively is keep our content short and right. sweet. Yep. We really don't want to have paragraphs on paragraphs as an Instagram post. So a blog is a nice outlet for us to be able to kind of talk a little bit more about food and and like what we yeah. ordered. Yeah, tell a like chef, that. you know, tell a chef's story. Maybe some of our favorite yeah. things, like favorite brunch spots or sure. favorite pizza places. We're Listicles, finding that. Lists. Sorry, Joel. That's okay, Miranda. We're finding that a lot of our friends and family will reach out to us, like via DM or just text us and saying, like, "Hey, my friends are coming into town this weekend. Like, where should we go? Does Crave Clay have any dinner recommendations or any brunch recommendations?" So. Really, would like to get you know some additional content out there for people that are looking for recommendations and things like that. That's cool. Yeah, easy, easy one-stop shop for for that type of stuff. So it, it stands to reason if your friends and family are looking for that info, that others are too, right? I mean, that's um, something that's uh, there's an appetite for that. All right, um, this is a very difficult question for all three of you, but um, quick hitters. What's your favorite restaurant in Cleveland? Who's starting? Bailey. Me. Yes. Okay. Take it away. Okay, break it up however you want to. You want to do breakfast, lunch, dinner? You want to do brunch, dinner? Okay, I'll leave lunch and breakfast to Nikki and Miranda. All right, dinner for Bailey. Let's have it, Bailey. Let's do dinner. Well, I'm a pizza fanatic, so pizza is, like, one of my favorite foods. So I love, like, all the different pizza places in Cleveland. Um, There are a lot in Lakewood that I like. Harlow's is one of my favorites. Humble. Wine Bar has delicious pizza, so those are two. If you haven't checked them out, definitely go. And then Il Rione is one of my favorites, and also um, Vero Pizza is, like, I would eat it every night. So I'll stick with the Where the are those pizza. last two located? Vero. So Il Rione is in Hingetown okay. area, near or almost to Gordon Square. Got it. And then Vero is in Cleveland Heights. Love it. So not all downtown, but there are good pizza places downtown, too. So I'll, Absolutely. Tell our followers and listeners your pizza nickname. Yeah, so we all have pizza nicknames. Oh, yeah. We went to an event that was called Pizza Diaries with Beard and Broad. Shout out. They're awesome, too. Um, And they kind of gave us all pizza nicknames after expressing our love for pizza. And mine was Pizza Ride or Die. (laughs) Pizza Ride or Die. Because, like, you know, all pizzas matter. (laughs) All right. Uh, Miranda, what is your pizza nickname? (laughs) My Wait, did, did, did you all have one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Miranda, what is your uh, pizza nickname? Yes, we all had one. Mine was Pizza Extremist. Like, okay. What does I that could, mean? I could eat, like, any kind of pizza ever. Okay. Like, I'm totally fine with eating pizza for breakfast if that's what it comes down to. Yeah, so. I don't see anything wrong with that. Put an egg on it. It's great. What did you say? Put an egg on it. It's great. Ooh. I still want to try the uh, – there's a pizza at Barcento in Ohio City. Oh, it's so good, Miranda. Oh, I've been wanting to try it for so long. That's so next good. on my list. All right, what's your favorite restaurant in Cleveland, Miranda? So or, I, or your five favorite restaurants. Oh, I was just going to say I really struggle with just, like, choosing one. So the five. I could break it down. Um, so I thought about this. I don't, like, love going out to dinner as much as I love going out to breakfast, brunch, and lunch. So um, in terms of breakfast, I love Cleveland Bagel. Like, I could do anything just for a really good bagel sandwich. Um, For brunch, I love Lucky's Cafe in Trima. It's so good. Um, To anyone listening, the line outside the door is, like, worth it. There's a line for a reason. It's so good. I think my favorite thing to get there is the shipwreck. Um, And then, so I love, like, wraps and sandwiches and things like that for lunch. So I would say my favorite lunch spot is the grocery. 
Okay. Um, and we were super pumped when Rachel, uh, she opened up a second location on Detroit. So we are there all the time. We love their smoothies and their wraps and their sandwiches. Um, and then just a couple that I wanted to mention. I love uh, Restore Cold Press. I love their like avocado toast and their smoothies and things like that. And I also love Cleveland Tea Revival. So I just had to get to chow all of those out, Joel. It's very hard to just pick one. No, I, I totally understand. We could have a separate podcast that's just like a food cast. <laughs> we could. Because we'll environment also plays such a large part. So I had to consider that, All too. of our favorites. <laughs> Nikki, you are – well, I'm going to – we, we – we, Took a run at this the other day. It didn't quite work out. I did not give my favorite restaurants to Cleveland. Today I'm going to. Oh. Uh, Nikki, but you go first. All right. I'll do just one breakfast, one lunch, and one dinner. Yes. So for breakfast, um, they opened up pretty recently, but I've been there multiple times now. Ohio City Galley, um, which is on West 25th. They have four restaurants within their galley style. One of them is called The Rice Shop, and they have the steak fried rice, and it's so good. It's like fried rice. Steak, um, they put an egg on it, poached egg, and yum yum sauce. Amazing. And then I'd say for lunch, um, you see it on our feet all the time. Urban Twine yes. has um, an amazing turkey sandwich. Love it. It's the best thing ever. You have to go get it. <laughs> and then I would say for dinner, it's very hard. I'm kind of like Miranda where I like more breakfast, brunch, and lunch. But there's a lot of great offerings for dinner around here. And I would say so far my favorite dinner has to be dun, dun, dun. oh boy um i'd say deegan's actually in lakewood okay i really like they have a mac and cheese that's amazing so you really can't ro- go wrong with anything in cleveland love it all right my choices ladies are uh, maxis nice uh, get the calamari and then get anything else on the menu and then for dessert you have to go to sweet moses yeah uh, which is one of my favorite stops in the land so that's going to wrap it up. Um, Nikki, Miranda, Bailey, thank you for joining B-Sides, our first B-Sides episode. Uh, where you can find these ladies, at Crave Clee on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And according to Miranda Bilo, I'm holding her to this, a blog coming in 2019. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, to the listeners, thanks for tuning in. Catch us on the A-Game and B-Sides uh, coming soon. Thanks. Thanks for having us. 